0: afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you shut in from Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood, and I am the co-editor
1: of the forthcoming Living and Sustaining a Creative Life with Seth Rodney, and we are in the process right now of Editing um, submissions, and we're in a really good space with that. I'm coming to you from Harlem, if I didn't already say that. And yes, I'm inside as well.
2: Mm. And I'm Seth Rodney. I am that aforementioned co-editor with Stephen Forwood of the forthcoming anthology of artists who make their living primarily through writing. I am also inside (laughs) (laughs) uh, in the South Bronx where people are not Freaking, practicing social distancing with enough conscientiousness. It bothers me. Yes.
0: This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, And unsurprisingly, today (laughs) we will be talking about the novel coronavirus Mm. and its resultant disease, COVID-19, and our collective response to... Um the pandemic. Um mm. and we've 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 all sort of I gave uh Stephen and Seth a little bit of a, a background on kind of how things are going with us from bringing in a lot of things that i wouldn't necessarily talk about on the podcast not because they're secret but because they're boring and and so but we're gonna just kind of check in with each other today and sort of talk about how things are going uh and for the next few episodes at least until things settle into whatever normal is going to look like for the foreseeable future uh we'll be talking about the coronavirus um so and we'll come back to anger because I'm sure we're gonna be angry. I'm <laughs> mm. sure that's gonna be a ready topic mm-hmm. for us at the end of all this. So yeah. um Steven, Seth, where do you go? Which one do you guys want to start? I think I'm gonna push it on Seth. Okay. What do you think,
2: So Seth? I I actually did have a thought when you were making your introduction. And we you've made this introduction probably a hundred times now. But it just occurred mm-hmm. to me that Precisely what we're doing in our cultivating among ourselves is kind of intellectual intimacy is precisely what people want and crave more sort of energetically these days, precisely because mm-hmm. there's so much less social interaction. Mm-hmm. So I'll give, I'll give an example. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I've been advised by a friend that I should just order food in like she does from Fresh Direct or whatever, but I actually like going to Costco, and maybe these are my main shopping places, Costco and Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. like going there because I like on some level, I like the human interaction and mm-hmm. I like, mm-hmm. and I like being out um, uh, mm-hmm. and sort of you know clearly I'm becoming more aware of this, given the circumstances of the last couple of weeks. uh-huh. Um, so I walked into Manhattan from where I am in the South Bronx and then walked over to uh, 7th Avenue and took a, 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 an Uber down to the Trader Joe's on the Upper West Side. And I did it that way because I wanted to walk and I knew that it would be mm-hmm. less expensive for me to take an Uber from that position, from that wow. um, uh, location. Uh, so I got there and I had the loveliest conversation with the cashier. Um, I should mention, by the way, the way Trader Joe's is operating now, is that they don't allow that many people to congregate in the store. So there's a line um, down the block and around oh, and down, okay. which, which looks like a very long line. In fact, when I walked up, I remember thinking, oh, man, how long am I going to oh. be here? <laughs> but it ended up moving really fast and people were in and out. But I had this great moment of talking with the cashier about Mm-hmm. How things are going with me, how things are going with the world, with her. And I told her that it was that I work for an online arts magazine and we're wobbly right now. We're not sure how exactly we're going to survive because a ton of advertisers dropped out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. we, we are getting a membership service, hopefully up and running soon. We don't know when exactly, but we're working on it. Uh, at least part of our team is working on it day and night. Editors like me, we're kind of doing other things. So I told her this and she asked about the name of the magazine and she, and I told her it was hyperallergic. And she said, Oh, I know you guys. Yeah, you do really interesting things. I was like, Yeah, thank you. And then, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then I, uh, a little bit of a meat cute. <laughs> and, and, and then I asked her how things were going in the store with whether people were panic buying. And she said, Actually, two weeks ago, yeah, there's some guy who came in and bought like 16 bars of soap. But she said, for the most part, a shoppers at Trader Joe's are, uh, in her words, nice people, and there wasn't a lot of shoving to the front of the line or m- that kind of misbehavior. There was, mm-hmm. so, and She said that she'd noticed that the, the sort of temperature in the room had gone down in the past few days, that people were kind mm-hmm. of settling into their routines, and mm-hmm. she was grateful for that. And she felt that, uh, that in some ways it, it, it made us more grateful for the small things. And I have to say, like, just that conversation mm-hmm. buoyed me up for the rest of the day because it mm-hmm. felt like I was just like talking to this other human being in a way that, and I'm in a way that where we, Really put aside maybe a lot of the other social pretensions we would have had in that mm-hmm, interaction, mm-hmm. a lot of the neuroses that would have might have come to the fore were just kind of washed away and i and it made me also think that this is what people tell me it was like in New York after September eleventh that people were a lot more uh-huh. vocal and open uh-huh. to each other um How are you doing um a lot more solicitous of just personal information, and I think it's it's one of the ways that maybe decent human beings, you know, d- behave in wartime. In, in mm-hmm. when we have to to batten down all the hatches and we have to really look out mm-hmm. for each other because we don't know whether we will survive. Let me also say, while I'm saying that, this is how I think decent human beings behave. There are non decent human beings like. Is a Congressperson or senator Senator Burr who managed to oh, sell, yes, yeah, stock, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sell like one point five million dollars worth of stock when mm-hmm. he knew what mm-hmm. the coronavirus posed in terms of public danger, took advantage of it, profited from it, didn't tell anybody, and is and is cowlowing to dear Orange viewer leader. Um, mm-hmm. If he, that's a that's a tautology. Dear Orange Fuhrer. Um, uh to, to 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 mislead the public. I mean, there are what what's obvious to me is that there's a, a kind of human decency that comes to the fore um, in the in this situation uh, is is coming to the fore, and there's a real <laughs> indecency that is also coming to the surface. So for,
0: <laughs> to to be clear, there were three senators that right. did it. Yes. Dianne Feinstein yes. is on that list. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. Um, and
2: and Loeffler and Burr and they may yeah. have been somebody else. I think the, a woman uh, from uh, Georgia,
0: uh, a senator
1: from Georgia. Was there a
0: fourth? Was there
1: a fourth one? I think there are four.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know that for me, the one you know, I'm a little more cautious about the actual transaction in some ways, and then more and then judgmental in others. So it looks bad no matter what. Mm-hmm. It looks bad for Feinstein as a person in that situation and you are allowed to, I mean, this is one of the, this is, this is one of the imbalances and injustices in our system. You are allowed as a Congressman or Senator to oh. act on mm. f- to financial, mm. uh, to act on information that you gain in Congress to make commercial transactions. It is not illegal at all. <laughs> and so as a person, it, if you know, a you know, a giant, bus is about to hit something very valuable to you, (laughs) um, you know, not acting on that is hard. Now, should they not act on it? No, they should not. But I have a little bit of sympathy for that uh, for that fuck up. Uh, I have zero for Burr and the rest of the defenders of the Trump administration because they are complicit in. The ramshackle, chaotic response that we have had to this, and mm-hmm. have continued to defend and placate and support uh, an administration that uh, is absolutely making the situation worse. Mm. So, I'm sorry, I didn't, re- I didn't mean to jump in. I actually had a question for Stephen before Stephen shares. Were you in uh, New York uh, in uh, on September 11th? Steven, yeah. Were you yeah. living there? Okay, I so was, you were living there. I was actually
1: suffered. at work. Um, at the Schomburg Center, and I remember the first mm. plane hitting the first building, mm. and feeling like that makes. I said the odds are a plane's going to run into a building one day. That kind of makes mm. sense to me. That was my <laughs> logic. <laughs> the second one hit. That would have been that, that would have changed. been mine too yeah. if I were in your situation. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. mm. And it was the most beautiful day. It had the best weather. It was sunny mm. outside. Um, there was and because we were uptown. If you look straight down Lenox, you could see mm-hmm. the fire. You could actually see the buildings, mm-hmm. and it was wow. just it was just the oddest thing. I'm glad I wrote about it when it happened because it cemented the memory of how ridiculous the day was and how tragic and how mm-hmm. emotionally taxing it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see people in in in, um, in ash walking uptown, seriously, and it wow. was just the bizarrest thing ever. And folks were trying to get out. You know, because a lot of folks live don't live near where they work, so folks were trying to get out of, of Harlem. Course, yeah. It was yeah, yeah. it was interesting because in the days after that, remember that plane that was taking that was headed to Dominican Republic that crashed. That also happened within I, I want to say it happened within two to three weeks. So people continued to think, oh, we were still under attack. Mm. So there was there was an there was really quiet on the subways.
0: <laughs> mm. There was
1: just this. Calm. It was an odd calm. It was a very odd calm. And and earlier when you were talking about human decency, I was like, you do have these really interesting moments of intimacy with people when faced with an unknown something, right? Mm -hmm. And it's been and I and I was about to say that when New York gets quiet like that, or there's a Mm -hmm. holiday. Or there's just something where there's something where people are traveling or what have you. I like walking the city because it's so quiet. Because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of folks mm-hmm. around, and mm-hmm. the city has a, reveals a different character. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how, mu- how much people look at the architecture or look at how long it would take you to get home if you lived at 14th Street. How long would it take you in a brisk walk to get uptown? Mm-hmm. These kinds of things, right? But people... Um, my experience has been people have just been very decent and very open and very kind. As I mentioned before we got on the podcast, there are people who are, you know, they're, they're broadcasting their stupidity <laughs> by saying, you know, we don't care about any um, <laughs> curfew or shelter in place. We're going to go party and we'll have a party at our house. I'm like, <sighs> Florida, this is not, this is Florida. not freedom. Florida.
0: Oh, f- mm-hmm. Florida.
1: We could just have a whole podcast in Florida. The
0: spring break and stuff. Yeah.
1: Spring break, but also just the idea of partying. No no one's going to tell me that I can't do what I need, you know, what I want to do. And this is supposed Mm -hmm. to be, you know, characterized as a freedom (laughs) when it just feels like you're just misinformed and stop. (laughs) Because you could be, (laughs) you know, you could be giving someone or, or contracting the virus. Um so, but human decency's been really interesting is so what we become aware of in the absence of our regular life feels something you mentioned travis, about liking change because routine gets you know mm-hmm. i don 't want to put words in your mouth but it you know it 's regular it's, it's mm-hmm. it, is it boring i guess or something to you
2: stultifying
0: uh, yeah i if i i I feel like it makes me duller oh. change change sharpens uh, me I, to yeah so yeah well, oh, that's, that's good,
1: okay, but mm.
0: well, i like that I like what we become
1: aware of when we're not dealing with regular life. I like that mm-hmm. a lot, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um yeah. it's like like you, you have a family, I've been. Skyping and Zooming my ass off for the last couple of days, and when I haven't, mm-hmm. I've been going. I have allergies. It isn't Corona. I have allergies.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: I meant to send you both a a meme of the three Spider Men's pointing at each other, and one is Corona, one is flu, and one is <laughs> allergies, and they're all pointing at each other. Yeah, like, this is funny. what my life is right now. That, yeah. That's, that's so, it's but funny. so it's just been interesting to the the the, the quiet has been. Illuminating, that's not a yeah. sort of mix. But it's just been it surfaces yeah, yeah. things. You know,
2: yeah. I, f- I find that the quiet too is really, in some ways, comforting to me. I mean, I I would prefer the city to always be quieter. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, um, and one of the reasons why I'm thinking about moving out of the city is precisely because I want that kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess I want to also talk about before we forget to get here, about like how we're, we're each also dealing with this moment of quiet and downtime and, and sheltering in place. Um, Stephen, mm-hmm. before the podcast started, you had mentioned that you just having a really hard time getting into work mode, um, feeling productive. <laughs> and, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm brother, I'm with you on that. Like there was a time, so I had to be on uh Tuesday and Wednesday to To on Slack and to get editing done and Mm -hmm. talk to my peers, Mm -hmm. my colleagues, and at Hyperallergic. But man, for the two, the two or three days before that, I was waking up at noon, dude. Like I Mm -hmm. just like I could like (laughs) I just stay up and like look at the news and look at Twitter and read Mm -hmm. and 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 read various dooms doom scenarios voraciously and then mm-hmm. go to bed and then really really sleep in a way that was not restorative just just not mm-hmm.
1: absolutely i completely feel the same i feel the work that i'm doing now at my um residency at nyu is ongoing work so there's not <laughs> a deadline to it so it's building databases and building other things and so mm-hmm. it's it's staring at a computer all day long is not how i ever want to do anything and, mm-hmm. and i do like change in my day so i like try to variate okay well this is more reading this is more um you know out off of online okay let me exercise let me do this mm-hmm. and it feels because very fortunate to be able to ha- be able to work at home
0: mm-hmm.
1: last year at this time i was i lost four independent gigs but I have two online gigs coming up at the end of the month and in April, but last year around this time I would have lost some, in the of like maybe four or five gigs, major mm-hmm. gigs yeah. which will yeah. totally impact us, so I'm extremely grateful to be working right now, mm-hmm. Do you know and that's con- a constant I think that we need to consider and think about, just how it's easy to, we know that folks who have hourly jobs are not going to get the money, we know this, right mm-hmm. um, We hope that the city or the state or the federal government will will come in. So I just don't have that um, faith in any of those institutions to help people like this, you know. Um, But those people are us. We're those people, (laughs) (laughs) Do you know.
2: The precariat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So that's. I already have like background radiation anxiety. <laughs> so It's like the beginning of the universe. There's my anxiety right over there. 13 billion years ago, there's earth, you know, but I'm very much a back. And so I've tried to, I've danced and I've done things to sort of bring it down. But for the very first couple of days, I was just depressed. I was talking to you about it, Travis. Yeah. I was just depressed, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. um, and, and, more information doesn't mean good information or that I can absorb and process and put it in a decent place. (laughs) It just becomes more, it just turns up to anxiety,
0: you know, because this thing. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, I just, it reminded me of uh, one of the, i think they the sh- this show itself is littered with these kind of nuggets but one that has always stuck with me from the show deadwood mm. who was in swearingen is talking about the telegraph system uh finally reaching deadwood and he says you know sort of festoon the whole country with them uh you know when's the last time that you ever got news from a stranger that wasn't bad hmm. and and <laughs> the, and 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 i do feel like they captured in that comment the nature of of information mm. and, and the nature of of our own information systems which mm. are you know outside of the delivery of banal economic transactions mm-hmm. is to deliver ba- it's to deliver bad news it's not you know it's it's it's, it's the, the feel-good story is always, like, on page six or whatever, you know? <laughs> Or sometimes it a you know, newscast, okay. right?
1: And right. those puppies! Yeah. Oh, my right. God, yeah, those puppies! Right, yeah, right, 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 right. But right, I will say right. this. My mm-hmm. friends and my, my social circles and my family and just the folks that, some of the folks I work with, there have been some really smart, funny, take-care-of-yourself people have stepped up. And mm-hmm. so that's
0: Yeah, I mean been... strangers. I think from people that are in your social circle, no, you get good news all the time. I mean this is mm-hmm. what you, you know, uh Seth had some good news not long ago that he shared mm-hmm. and that was, you know, this is good I mean that you you tell your intimates, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's mm-hmm. so in that way, you know, this is mm-hmm. and, and it's a weird thing because it comes off you know when someone that you love and care about tells you good news, you can, you know, unless there are other things going on, you can share in that pleasure. When people on social media broadcast their good news it comes off uh, yeah. wrong yeah it just comes off yeah. wrong it doesn't come off the right way yeah. um, and, you know people people that you don't know bragging about their achievements mm-hmm. um, i mean even just the way i just characterized it bragging right i mean that's sort of <laughs> it, it, there's there's an there's an in I, I think there's a kind of uh there's a thinness to to mm. it. There's a flimsiness, a well, fragility. I,
2: I wanna I want to say, just jump in here and say that that I'm not sure I agree with that. I think that maybe okay. maybe it has to do with our context. Like, in fact, Stephen had just was just talking about about context right before the podcast mm. started. Um, settings. Um, I think within American culture, because it is so so lipsistic because it is so mercenary because it's so brutal and less and brutal, brutal in this quote unquote laissez fairness That I think in that context, when you say, Wow, I really did something. I achieved something. I got this prize. I am so proud of uh, this thing that I did that it can come off like that. It can come off like bragging. But mm. I, I know that I've, there have been people on Twitter that I follow who I follow. And who have made announcements about blah, blah, blah. And I felt Mm -hmm. genuinely happy for them. I have. But I also think that that's only probably because I follow them or because I respect them intellectually. And I think within the within a, I I just, I guess what I'm trying to say is I wonder whether there's a place on this planet where there is a group of people who who exist in a, in a community however that community is formed, right, mm-hmm. electronically, um, mm-hmm. so, socially, etc., cetera, economically, um, where that kind of crabs-in-a-barrel competition doesn't mm-hmm. color everyone's worldview, mm-hmm. you know? I wonder.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I – I feel like I'm, you know, I'm probably being slightly unfair in my characterization. Um, you know, I, I think that there's almost if you're engaged in cultural production, there's almost an obligation to advertise the things that you achieve and accomplish because mm-hmm. that's sort of how how you get the word out, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Or even yeah, build, so your, I mean, yeah, yeah, your profile. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I think that that is, you know, and I don't judge that at all. I don't, yeah, but but I do, I do think. to just go back to my my first point rather than trying to elaborate on it i i do feel like there is something in the nature of information exchange that is the delivery of unfortunate and bad news um and 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 you know the sort of apocalyptic end of the world scenarios are an aspect of that you know kind of a distilled aspect of that and in their raw form i know for me I, i i I will share briefly what mm-hmm. it's meant for me. It's meant to sort of—I don't want to oversell it—the beginning of waking up to some of the choices that I've made mm-hmm. um, in the last handful of years. Not—not not interpersonal ones. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. very happy with uh, my family and my social circle and 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 all of those things. But I—I I can't remember the last time that I read a long form book. On mm. a subject that that moved me, um, I can't remember. You know, I have, I've had a, hard, I've been trying to write something that I'm supposed to write that I've had a hard time doing,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: and I'm, which you both know. So, mm-hmm. um, and because I haven't, I mean, th- this has actually been a hard thing for me because I haven't wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I haven't been making excuses to myself about it. I just like oh, I don't really want to do that right now. Mm-hmm. I have This other stuff that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like that version of myself.
2: Yeah. Welcome to the jungle, baby. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not, it's not fun. It's not cute.
0: Welcome to the blank, blank screen.
2: (laughs) Welcome. Yeah. And that's precisely the, the crux of the matter though, is that I can do the work. I can do the writing. I can do the editing here. I have, the yawning day in front of me to do it. I just really don't want to. I really don't. I'm not, and I'm not sure what I want to do. Like I, I I would, the first few days I would have said I want to sleep. Like I feel like I want to sleep all day, but now I don't really want that. Maybe it's just, I just maybe I just want to get out of my house. I just want to be outside. Can, can we talk a little bit about trauma <laughs>
1: and all <Okay>. this? Is, <laughs> okay. we're, we're
2: living sure. in a very interesting, unpredictable mm, yeah. moment,
1: you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When will this actually end? You know, that's the main thing that I've been reading in the articles and whatnot.
2: Mm-hmm. When will
1: this end? When, when will we get back to regular life? And I'm like, I don't know if there'll be a regular life after this, mm. um, in some ways. You know, I think that we need to think – I think it's hard to be in this liminal space, which can be very, very, you know, great for the imagination unless you tend to – you you're on this side of the everything's going to blow up and die um, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. But there's something interesting about the moment that you kind of talked a little bit about earlier, Travis, when you were talking about change. And it's like, well, it does rev- – what is – so I was asked to write an article for this one group and the group is called uh, what would an HIV doula do? And so this group Mm -hmm. actually looks at film and different kinds of ways that um, different cultural workers have dealt with HIV um, information in their life. I wrote a piece about them Mm -hmm. for a, um, the four curators they actually um, put together an exhibition called metanoia, which was at the uh, lesbian, the center for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender in New York City It was a really wonderful exhibition And I interviewed them And I wrote mm-hmm. something for that So they asked me mm-hmm. What would I do what, would, what does a COVID-19 doula do And I wrote mm-hmm. this piece called If it's any consolation <laughs> mm-hmm. And I started talking about social distancing Just as people are starting to Kind of find language To talk to each other About the Me Too movement And gender And how that kind of felt like Social distancing felt like an, um, It felt like a, um, a closed mm-hmm. door You know, Mm -hmm. in some ways, just, you know, context, obviously, I'm not talking about forever, but it just felt weird. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, well, Mm -hmm. so I think what a HIV doula, uh, uh, excuse me, what a COVID-19 doula would do, bear witness what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Earlier, I want to clarify Mm -hmm. something when we were talking about when I said something about the orbits, the people in my family, my friends Mm -hmm. and people just been really. Wonderful, right? In term, I was actually speaking about during this moment, you know, Mm -hmm. keeping in touch with one another, talking to one another, just checking in. That that was really important to me. Mm -hmm. And and the thing I wrote on Facebook in short was. What is it teaching us? What is this moment actually teaching or affirming for you? I love to hug. I'm a handshaker. Now we got to do elbow, elbow, <laughs> or we got to wave across the street. And and during this time, my, one of my good friends, Sean, who lives um, not too far from here, he actually went out to buy food and, and called me and said, do you need anything? And I was like, no, nah, he, got, he got me some gluten-free muffins and brought them by the house. Mm. And he handed it to them to me. <laughs> we all just drop the bag and I'll pick it up, you know, that kind of thing.
0: But, but it's,
1: and then we stood outside. It was kind of chilly, you know, if you're not, not in the sun. But we sat there, I mean, stood there, you know, social distancing. But it was so great to just talk with him about not just what was happening, but just like regular shit. Like, what are you mm-hmm. doing in your life and blah, 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 blah. And of mm-hmm. course, then he goes home and then I text him. But it was good to see him and to be mm-hmm. present with him mm-hmm. in that way. So I think, mm-hmm. like... I'm a very social person, and I'm also a person who loves solitude because it's one of the principal ways in which I can think and process things. But I, mm. I, don't, like, I don't like being forced to do anything. <laughs> mm. So it's teaching me how to be patient and, mm. and to really monitor my anxiety. When my anxiety is talking mm. versus what's actually happening on the ground. You know, mm. All of yeah. that, blah, blah, blah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in a similar boat in that. I, I know that I'm an introvert in that, and the way mm-hmm. I define that is that I, I recharge by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, but I am I am really craving human contact. And mm-hmm. I've been on the phone with lots of friends uh, in the past few days. I, I I joked a few days ago to um, I forget which one I was talking to, but I said I probably made more phone calls in these past couple of days than i have in the previous two months uh Mm -hmm, just checking in with checking in on various people and multiple phone calls like i've talked with people multiple times Mm -hmm. about what we're going through and it's sort of like having a very weak version of a tea that i like that that (laughs) makes me realize that i want the stronger version of the tea Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i hear that Mm -hmm.
1: okay yeah yeah two tea bags
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know this yeah, tea yeah. is weak. But here yeah. you go. Can I can have another bag. Just another bag. <laughs> can I just get a little I just need a well, something I need else. A, I, need, I need a hug. I need a hug. Yeah. Can I just mm-hmm. get a hug?
0: Yeah. For me I've always I mean I don't know about always, but certainly in my conscious adult life, I have always enjoyed presence to being in the presence as long as it doesn't reach a critical mass of just other humans mm-hmm. not even in an anonymous way well you mm-hmm. know like this is this is why i love cities mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. big cities mm-hmm. you know, new york uh, chicago paris etc mm-hmm. but uh, and i don't live in a big city and it's something that you know my family and i have talked about doing at some point i know i've shared that with you guys not necessarily on the podcast but mm-hmm. um and it is weird for me to think about these places that I've experienced real joy and pleasure um, just being shut down, mm-hmm. just shut down. And and what that feels like to be in a locus of human activity that is not active mm-hmm. Um and And of course, that inspires a sense of anxiety and even dread and because you uh, amongst the people that live there and amongst the people that don't, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a fairly scary time if you take the temperature, in sort of the social media stream. Mm-hmm. It's a less mm-hmm. scary time if you take the temperature of the science, at least on on an individual on on an individual level your own personal likelihood of suffering something critical, your own personal likelihood is low, right? Just like when you fly an airplane or something like that, it's very unlikely that your plane is going to crash. Yet plane crashes do happen and Mm -hmm. everyone on board is, everyone on board is killed. (laughs) And so, you know, it obviously, it's, it's very easy to have a fear of flying. So those reconciling those two impulses for myself is difficult, right? So, you know, on Uh one hand, I have, I may have kind of like the anxiety. Uh, that I'm sure everyone feels right now, right? Like, Oh, how close am I to that person? Should I wipe down that box? You know, did I wash my hands the right way? Is that 20 mm-hmm. seconds? You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then at the same time, you know, I look at the actual like, okay, what are the numbers on the diamond princess of people that actually got sick that actually you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and you see your whole psychology running on these two different tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, this sort of like rational track that is kind of like processing things and then this emotional track. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get those two things to talk to each other. You're trying to get the rational track to <laughs> rein in the emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a it's a pretty it, it's it's not f- wholly adequate to the task, mm-hmm. so it, mm-hmm. it falls short a lot. So, no,
1: it's like, mm-hmm. but that's what TV's for, Travis. You can just go look at TV and judge people on TV. Those terrible people. I'd never do that. It's time to go to bed now. Great.
0: <laughs> Why make myself do anything? Um, <laughs> So we're probably coming up on time. Yeah. Uh, Seth, Stephen, Steven, do you guys, either one of you want to close with anything or anything you want to say that we... All we have is each other,
1: you know, yeah. and yeah. like all major um, catastrophes, you, it just lays bare. Who loves? Who cares? Who doesn't care? Who doesn't love? <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you're a decent person, you want to take this opportunity to look at yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and see how you mm-hmm. might want to do something better. You know, mm-hmm. or treat somebody, check mm-hmm. on somebody else. Mm. Um, because you don't need to be out with a bunch of people going, hey, I'm a free person. I'm at a party. Because you're not doing anything. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And with that.
0: That's all. <laughs> um, so we will... I were- we are going to be talking about uh, the coronavirus and COVID nineteen for the next few weeks, at least for in the foreseeable future. And you know, we'll but we will try and stick with our format of taking particular themes on the subject. So today we just kind of wanted to check in with each other and see where we were at. We hadn't really talked much. The three of us hadn't really talked since this happened, since right. it really broke open. Right. So maybe next uh, time
2: we can talk about the governmental response and what we think the ramifications sure. are for that do good response mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: and we'll know something because obviously they're working on the legislation right now. I would imagine they are working to get something done before monday because the markets are opening obviously monday morning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're in free fall Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. their priority right now is to try and arrest that fall Mm. it's gonna be the shit's gonna hit the fan even worse on thursday though Mm. when
2: the unemployment numbers come out Mm -hmm. Um, oh where will the unemployment numbers come out from well from the government so department of commerce
0: Yes, that sounds right. I'm actually not sure which department actually releases the statistics, okay. but the speculation is that you're north of two million people mm-hmm. filed for unemployment last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, very conservatively, Goldman Sachs said a million, but 2.5. Another research group said it could be as high as 3.3. To put it in perspective, in 1982, the largest number ever recorded was 650,000. Whoa. So, I mean, that is just a gobsmackingly, Mm -hmm. terrifyingly enormous number of people to suddenly be on unemployment. So, I I mean, it it is, you know, I am not a doom and gloom person, as you both well know, but Mm -hmm. it is possible that we are looking at an absolute Total meltdown of the economy beyond the scale of what
2: happened in two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something Absolutely. like that. something yeah. like the Great Depression. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. So Oof. okay, uh, let's well, end there. That sounds yeah. great. Um, <laughs> on, <yeah. laughs> on, that, on that note, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, my note. So I will.
0: I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you guys. Soon. <laughs> Take, Take care, care. bye